What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And today we are joined by a third man, and that is ESPN's Eric Williams, the Chargers beat writer for ESPN. But first, we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog. We've been covering the Chargers now for five seasons, doing our own Facebook live show, Chargers Domination Live. And this is our third season now as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, well, I already talked about it a little bit. ESPN's Eric Williams is going to join us on today's show to talk about a ton of things. We're going to talk about the Trey Turner trade. We're going to talk about the Austin Eckler signing, what comes next for Hunter Henry, and who he thinks the Chargers are going to go with with the sixth overall pick, or at least if they can actually pass up on a quarterback at the sixth overall position. And he also breaks a little bit of Melvin Gordon news that you're going to want to hear as well. But before we get into that, we're going to get into an article of ESPN talking about the worst and the best free agent signings from the Chargers over the past five seasons. But let's go ahead and get into it. Tom Telesco and the Chargers are getting ready to try to bring in the best players possible to help this team in free agency, and ESPN has come up with a list of the best and the worst free agent signings over the last five seasons. This is Daniel Wade, joined by David Drogmeyer with your Locked On Chargers lead story. ESPN has come up with two players from the Chargers that were the worst and the best signings in the past five years of free agency, and the best signing was Casey Hayward while the worst signing was Jacoby Jones. So let's start with Casey Hayward. He signed a three-year $15.3 million deal in March of 2016, coming off of a few kind of rough seasons in Green Bay, and he quickly turned into one of the best corners in the league, and it became one of the best deals in the league, and that's something that you're always looking for as far as best free agent signings. He even got a contract extension, a three-year $34.25 million contract extension in 2018, so that deal has more than worked out for the Chargers. I think it absolutely is the best free agent signing that Tom Telesco has made. Without question, Daniel, I think after this signing, after a couple of years, that's where the nickname, the coupon God kind of manifested from because you got a corner that is one of the best cornerbacks in the league for the last four seasons that you've had him. Just take a look at some of the numbers here. He had nine interceptions in his first four years with Green Bay. He had 13 interceptions in his four years with the Chargers. He has played in all 16 games. Every single year that he's been with the Chargers, been very durable, been very consistent. Three out of the four years, he has had a PFF grade of over 80. Also, that includes his 2017 year, where he had a 91.1 elite grade. Casey Hayward has absolutely been a steal for the Chargers and for Tom Telesco. Definitely his biggest win of the last five years. Exactly. It's such a premier position in the NFL. So to sign a guy away from a team and turn him into a multiple time pro bowler and one of the best at his position in the NFL, that's a huge win. I mean, 11 combined interceptions in his first two seasons with the Chargers in 2016 and 2017. In second place in this regard would probably be Russell Okung because if you can find a starting left tackle in a free agency and he ends up working out for the most part, that's a huge deal as well. But time to get to the worst signing 
in the past five years for the Chargers, and that is Jacoby Jones, who they signed to a two-year $5.5 million deal because the team was really struggling in the return game. And what did he do? Absolutely nothing in the return game. Was never a factor on offense and actually had five punt returns for negative four yards while averaging only 21.4 yard per kick return, which the touchback takes you to the 25. So that is not very good. So David, this is definitely up there with one of the worst signings for the Chargers. No question about it. You know, this guy had a pedigree. I mean, he was supposed to come in and inject some immediate life into the return game, and he just did not have any success. I mean, before coming to the Chargers, he had nine kick returns for a touchdown, five kickoff returns, and four punt returns for touchdowns. So he's been one of the better kick returners of his time. So they were expecting to come in and and add some some value to that position right away, and he just did no such thing. I mean, as you mentioned. The five punts for negative four yards, a long of five. So, you know, think about that. I mean, if his long is five, that means pretty much every single other punt return was negative. That is definitely not what you want. And also, you know, he had no, absolutely no impact on the offense, not a single catch. Before joining the Chargers, he had at least five straight seasons with one receiving touchdown, and he didn't even touch the ball at all. He had 14 receiving touchdowns before joining the Chargers, didn't even get his hands on the ball, not one time. I think an honorable mention has to be Travis Benjamin for his lack of durability in the last couple of years and lack of stats especially the last two seasons for Travis Benjamin which were obviously derailed by injuries but you're right I mean that has to be up there four year 24 million dollar contract you really only got two useful years and after his first season where he had 47 receptions he only had 18 combined receptions over the last two seasons so neither one of those worked out well and Tom Telesco is going to have to hope that he hits it at a high clip this offseason because the Chargers are moving into a new stadium and they're going to need some impact players if they want to fill the rest of the holes on this roster. But we do have two more segments to get into because we have Eric Williams joining the show to talk about all things Chargers coming up right after this. All right, guys. Well, we have who we've been talking about all show. We have Eric Williams from ESPN on the show with us today because we have so much to talk with him about. I mean, it's been a while since we've had him on the show. He's been the most recurring guest on our show so we're glad to have him on because he always brings it but eric we have a lot to talk about but first of all let me just say thank you for coming on with us we always appreciate it yeah no problem and i appreciate having the opportunity to come on no problem i mean there's been a lot to talk about and i think we have to start with the biggest trade from last week when the chargers decided to trade their left tackle russell okung with one year left on his deal to the carolina panthers for right guard trey turner who's a you know five-time consecutive Pro Bowl player. So just being as close as you are with this team, what did you think about that trade when it went down? Well, I, I was a little surprised, to be honest. I think they got great value back from, from trading Russ, who seems like he wanted uh, to move on. Um, I think it makes sense for Carolina in that you have a new offensive line coach in Pat Meyer. Uh, so you bring in a guy that knows your system, um, knows your culture and how you want things to run day to day, and I think is a good leader. Uh, so I think from Carolina's perspective, they got a good player, although he's getting up there in years. But left tackles, if they're if he can stay healthy, can play into the mid-30s. But I think more importantly for the Chargers, they got a young guy inside, 26 years old, uh, a buck kicker uh, that's going to bring it. And 
you guys have watched this team. They struggled at the guard spot. So to have a guy that can come in there, a five-time pro bowler, uh, that you can hope that's going to fit your system because you're going to be playing a new scheme, um, you know, I think it's a good get for them and, and a good start for them in terms of free agency because now you can go and start plugging in other holes because, you know, you have a guy that can play inside. Yeah, when the Turner trade uh, happened, I saw on Twitter that someone asked you if this meant that the Chargers would go tackle now, but you basically said your money was still on a QB at six. If the Chargers don't sign a quarterback in free agency, are all signs pointing to them taking a quarterback in the first round? Yeah, and I think that for a couple of different reasons. You know, I think, first of all, two years ago, they were at seven, and they passed the Mahomes and Deshaun. And I just think that set them back when you look at where they were at at the quarterback position. Certainly, Phillip Rivers was playing pretty well at that time, but he was getting older. And you just don't know when you're going to be up there again in the top ten. How many bites of the apple are you going to have? How many opportunities are you going to have to get a quarterback that can really set your franchise up for the next decade? And so looking back at that a couple of years ago, do you want to miss again on the opportunity to get a quarterback that that could be your guy for the next decade, you know, whether it's Tua or, or Justin Herbert or Jordan Love, whoever you believe is that guy, I think you got you got to take a shot at six and, and, and bring that guy in. Certainly you can get a tackle. Becton obviously is the guy that people are looking at because of the ridiculous numbers he put up at the combine. But I just think when you look at off of the tackle versus quarterback, quarterback's the most important position, I think it makes sense to get that guy, even though, you know, they, they say they believe in Ty Rodney. He could be the guy at least for this year. Yeah, and I think that's always been our take on it, is if you believe the guy is there, you do whatever it takes to get him. I mean, that's just such yeah. an important position. You can't take any chances with it. But I think Tom Telesco made another really good move last week. I mean, he was on fire last week when the team decided to re-sign Austin Eckler, who was a restricted free agent. But we all knew that that deal needed to get done. But from the outside looking in, it seems like they made their decision between him and Melvin Gordon. I know the two aren't mutually exclusive, but do you think the Chargers made a good move when they decided to lock Austin Eckler up to a multi-year contract? No, Daniel, I think that's fair. I think they, I don't think it was the same deal they were going to give Melvin, but I think certainly once they couldn't get anything done with Melvin and, you know, from what I was told, Melvin was kind of telling people inside the locker room goodbye a couple of days ago. So that was kind of letting you know that they weren't going to sign him long-term and they were going to let him hit the free agent market and kind of establish what his value is. I think they just moved on and said, well, let's get Austin done. We know what he means to this franchise, to this organization. We know what he means on the field, too, in terms of what he's going to do week in and week out as a playmaker, not only a guy that can run it, but obviously a guy that's going to be involved in the passing game um, and, and lock him up, you know, long-term. He, he, he's been patient. Um, he, he showed up to training camp. Um, so I think they wanted to reward him for, for the kind of player he's been the last couple of years. And, and I think it was a sensible deal. You know, if, if the numbers are correct, that's been reported, you know, four years, I think it was 24 and a half. Yep. Um, I, I think that's good value for uh, a player that, you know, fits your system and is going to be productive. Now that Austin Eckler is resigned, the attention now kind of shifts to tight end Hunter Henry. If the Chargers can't get a deal done with Hunter Henry, do you think the franchise tag is going to be used? Do you think that they're going to go ahead and do that? Yeah, I think Tom pretty much said as much at the Combine that basically right. Hunter Henry's not going anywhere. You know, if they can't get something done, they will franchise him. 
similar they did with, with Melvin Ingram a couple years ago. They franchised him and ultimately got a deal done. It just gives them a little bit more time to make sure that both the player uh, and the organization is satisfied with the contract. They don't have to rush it. Uh, and they know that, you know, they have the franchise tag and, and they can move on to other players. So, yeah, I don't think Hunter's going anywhere. And they should sign him. Again, that's kind of Tom Telesco's belief, you know, draft well, develop those players, and then re-sign your, your foundational guys to keep them around long-term. And it's just such a position that is so hard to find really good production. Yep. Now, you know that, that the asking price for him, if it hit free agency, would just skyrocket, you would have to think. But we do want to keep Eric Williams around for one more segment, talking about this Chargers offseason, what else needs to happen, what the Chargers are looking for in free agency, and much more coming up right after this. All right, Eric. Well, getting back into things, I mean, you're one of the people that you have to read whatever comes out from you on ESPN. I mean, I don't think there's an article you've written in the past, however many seasons you've been covering them that I have not read. But one of the most interesting ones that you just recently did with NFL Nation was about Tom Brady and what a deal would look like for the Chargers to try to lure Tom Brady away from New England. And basically, you said went with the Kirk Cousins contract of hey it's two years 64 million dollars but it's all guaranteed so do you think the charges would be willing to put that kind of guaranteed money on the table and do you think it would actually be enough to potentially lure him away i think no and no <laughs> <laughs> but hey but hey the assignment, the assignment comes and i gotta write something, hey right? you got to yeah so it is what it is i don't think they would give him that much money and, and the reason i say that is you know they just had philip rivers who's you know, Phillip's obviously not Tom Brady, but he's four years younger, and they seem unwilling to, to give Phillip, you know, probably less money to keep him around. So why would they throw right. more money at somebody that's going to be 43 years old? Um, and he, obviously Tom moves better than Phillip, but not much. And the, the offensive line's probably not going to be there to really protect him at, like, he needs to be protected. So, um, you know, I, I think the reason I went two years, because it's a short-term deal, and you kind of give them some enticements by guarantee that the contract fully. Um, but to be honest, I just, I don't think it makes sense for them to go after Brady other than to try to, to boost ticket sales because of what's happening in Los Angeles. Anthony Lynn wants a mobile quarterback. I think he's been pretty clear about that. Um, yeah. He could fashion an offense around a guy that, that doesn't move as much, but I think ideally he wants a guy that can run some of the zone read stuff that can, they can roll out that they can run, basically kind of the offense that, that um, Denver runs now. You know, Anthony played in Denver in the zone blocking scheme um, with, with all that, that Gary Kubiak-type action in terms of being able to roll out mm-hmm. and, and run boot and those kind of things. So I think that's what he wants to do. Obviously, you can do that with Tyrod. Um, you look in the draft, you can do that with Justin Herbert or Tua uh, or Jordan Love, those kind of quarterbacks. Again, I know people don't want to hear this, but Marcus Mariota, <laughs> you know, it's going to be a lot less money. It gives some competition to Tyrod, and maybe, you know, a change of scenery can kind of help him, give him some confidence he can get out of Tennessee. He is a guy the Chargers like going in the draft. They went out and worked him out in Eugene when he was coming out, and, you know, that was all that speculation that they were going to trade Phillips to Tennessee <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in order to move up, which, when I, what I was told, Tennessee was very interested in, in having – uh, Rivers there when Wizenhut was the head coach. I think, you know, obviously Wiz thinks highly of, of Rivers. So 
that to me it seems more likely than than you know signing Brady. One thing you mentioned in that article was the Chargers freeing up some cap space by getting rid of guys yeah. like Denzel Perriman and Brandon Meebane. If the Chargers mm-hmm. don't go for Brady, do you think those guys are still candidates to be released if Meebane doesn't actually retire? Potentially. I mean, these are the, the times where uh, organizations are trying to figure out, you know, what players want to do. You know, does Meebane still want to play? Uh, and if he does, do they want him to play at that number? You know, do they still believe Denzel can be the guy he was when they drafted him, you know, a few years ago? Uh, but or does the play of Drew affect how they feel about Denzel? Right. Um, obviously, linebacker position is an area where they've had injuries in the past. So do you want to move on from players like Denzel and, and get the cap space, but then all of a sudden guys get hurt and now maybe you would like a player like Denzel? So those are the kind of questions and, and discussions they're having. You know, does does Denzel still fit what they want to do defensively? Um, so I think you know all options are on the table. I think they're they're going to do their due diligence and look at those those kind of things. I will say more times than not, though, that the the, um, the Chargers usually write out those contracts. I mean, think about uh, uh, Donald Brown. We're like, why is Donald Brown still on the <laughs> roster? Yeah. But but they they wrote it out. I mean, you know, they believed in the player and and they, and they kept him even though he was their their fourth running back. So they do have a history of that. Well, I mean, Anthony Lynn saying that he was one of the best middle linebackers in the NFL when he's healthy recently. But I think, I mean, even since Denzel Perryman was drafted, the league has evolved. I mean, it's different kinds of guys that are playing that position now. There's not as much of a value as in a two-down linebacker, which is really what he is. But that brings us to the free agency period coming up here on March 18th. And the Chargers have a lot more cap space than they normally do. Uh, but I think people are getting carried away after the Hunter Henry and keeping the, the money for draft picks. It's not going to be a spending spree like many people think that it's going to be. But if, you, if there's one position that you know from the Chargers that they are trying to cover in free agency specifically outside of quarterback, what position do you think they want to get filled before the draft? Well, I think two positions, mm-hmm. potentially. I think receiver and cornerback. Now, right. you might think, well, there's a lot of receivers, you know, in the draft that could come in and, and give you production for, for a lot cheaper. And I, and I would tend to agree with that. Mm-hmm. The one thing I will say about that, though, is young receivers usually struggle in their first year or two in the league, and they do run a complex system that they're going to continue to run the scheme that they run right now. And it's hard for guys to come in and play right away. And we've seen I that. I think they th- – yeah, we, we've seen guys struggle. You know, you yeah. know, obviously Mike Williams is a prime example of that, although Mike was Mike, Mike was injured. Um, you know, a guy like uh, the guy from the Jets, that can right. get some speed. Yeah, I mean, Robbie because, Anderson is definitely yeah, one of the Robbie hot guys. Anderson, that, I mean, not, now I don't know how much it's going to cost, um, but you haven't had a guy like that since, you know, Travis Benjamin was healthy. You know, the first right. year or two he was with them. Obviously, Travis has struggled to stay on the field the last couple of years. Um, you know, a lot of people, Travis is like a punching bag on Chargers Twitter. He is. <laughs> but yeah. what he does, though, is because of that, because he has so much juice, he doesn't have to respect the guy that he can run by them. And because of that, he's going to create voids in the middle of the field where Keenan can do work and Hunter can do work. So you got to have a guy that that can run 4-3, four, 4-4, four, four, because defense has to, to back off of that, that player. Now, you would like that guy to be able to catch the football on a consistent basis. <laughs> Um, so and not they, run backwards they, on a punt. And not run backwards <laughs> on a punt. You know, 
charging Twitter. I, I, I hear you. I'm with you on that. I, but, you know, uh, but you need a guy like that that can run. And I think that makes Keenan more valuable, makes Hunter more valuable, makes Austin. Uh, Eckler more valuable. Mm-hmm. So whether you get that guy in the draft or free agency that can come in, learn the scheme, and be a true number three receiver that can add some explosiveness, I think that's important. And then the second thing, I just, I just think you need guys that can run on offense and defense. I mean, you, you saw it with the Chiefs. They're not getting any slower. So defensively, right. you're going to have to have guys that can close down space. We talked about it, Denzel, two-down uh, linebacker. You need guys at the second-level defense that can run and tackle. And then offensively, I just think you need more guys that can create more explosive plays. You know, they struggled on third-down defense, and they struggled in the red zone to score points. So you, you need um, to, to get guys that can help you score in the red zone and can help uh, really, you know, tackle guys like Tyreek Hill in space. No question about it. That guy has tortured the Chargers for many years now. Lastly, coming off of a 5-11 and season and moving into a new stadium, what do you think is the most important thing that the Chargers have to do this offseason to get back into contention in 2020? <laughs> if it's if it's possible. If it's possible. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you qualified that. We've got to be realistic about it. Yeah, I meant to add that. A lot, a lot of holes to fill. I, I think um, along with the speed, they have to get um, more solid on both sides of the football up front. That's yep. get better on the offensive line, more consistent. And then defensively, um, I don't think a lot of people are talking about the fact that they, they, they couldn't get to the quarterback consistently. Um, oh, yeah. And it's not because of Joey and Melvin. It's because they weren't getting consistent interior pressure. And a lot of it has to do with the guy they drafted in the first round, Jerry Tillery, um, who I think struggled the first half of the season showed flashes the second half of the season, but they need two guys that can push the pocket. So if whether it's Tillery or Justin Jones getting better, or you go out and get somebody like uh, Hargrove from, from the Steelers in, in free agency, or you draft a guy like that, you have to be able to push the pocket so that Joey and, and Melvin can get home more consistently. And I think, I mean, with Brandon Mebane, you know, whatever they decide to do with that, you have a position potentially open for there. But whatever three technique that they've used, Justin Jones, Jerry Tillery, it hasn't worked. But as far as classes go, this free agent class for defensive tackles is actually pretty deep. I mean, there's some guys out there that can absolutely help outside of Chris Jones. But absolutely killed it for us again, Eric. We love having you on the show. Uh, I guarantee we'll have you on again, you know, after the free agency, the bulk of that gets over and coming up on the draft. But, hey, thanks again for always just coming in here and killing it. You always come through for us every time. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, man. I really enjoyed it.